Fusion Patrol is a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can help support us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Each week, we look at a different science fiction TV episode or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm John. And tonight we're looking at the Star Cops episode number eight, Other People's Secrets. On a return flight to the moon, Davis and Kenzie are rudely awakened by Spring's latest high-tech cop gadget, a phone. On the moon, Alexi is introducing the safety controller, Wolfheart, to Spring, just as the fancy space communicator blows up, much to Wolfheart's disdain. Elsewhere, Engineer Hooper is being a right asshole to his assistant, Anderson. He doesn't like her, he doesn't respect her, and he shouts at her a lot. She puts in for a transfer, which Alexi denies. He suggests that she try again. Hooper is under a lot of stress. Alexi also introduces Spring to his latest great idea. He's asked a psychiatrist to come to the moon and interview everyone. He wants his command staff and the star cops to all mandatorily volunteer as a show of solidarity and confidence in the importance of the interviews with everyone on the base. Spring agrees. Spring contacts David and forces him into a game of bridge. Wolfhart apparently plays, and Alexi is trying to smooth over his visit. That doesn't go so well when the bridge table explodes on them during the game. Back in the service corridors, Hooper threatens Anderson with a projectile tool, and she's had enough. The star cops are called in, and Hooper is just as unpleasant to them. But he also indicates that there's a saboteur on the base which is the sort of thing you'd expect the chief engineer to have reported previously rather than just continue to be overworked having to fix things. Spring assigns David, a qualified engineer, to help Hooper and to snoop around. Upon returning to the moon, Kenzie learns of the mandatory voluntary psychiatric interviews and she goes into a strop. I am not being analyzed. Divas, when he learns that Dr. Parr is coming, runs and hides. Spring picks up Dr. Parr, and she's immediately an obnoxious person. Not at all the type person a patient would be comfortable talking with. She tries to ply Spring with her analytic jujitsu, but does little more than provoke him. Hooper tells David that the cards table was wrongly wired. It looks like there might really be some sabotage. The interviews begin with Anna Shun, but it doesn't last long when Dr. Parr learns that Colin Davis is one of the star cops on the base. She seems distracted and disturbed. In the service corridors, David finds his own evidence of sabotage, a device keyed to his voice print. He takes his suspicions to spring, but there is no proof Hooper was behind it. Alexi and Wolfhart, apparently old friends, have a heart-to-heart about the problems on the base. They then take a moon buggy out to watch the earth and drink vodka. They open up a bit to one another. The next day, Parr reveals to Alexi that Wolfhart divulged some of the things they'd spoken about. He is upset by this and goes to look for Wolfhart. David was supposed to meet Hooper, but he's not at the designated spot, and David suspects he was sent there so Hooper could avoid him. 
we see a saboteur in maintenance workers' overalls and carrying Hooper's toolbox tampering with things in the service corridors. Kenzie still avoids her appointment with Parr, so Devis goes in her place. Dr. Parr is one of Devis's ex-wives, and there's still that joyous spark of antagonism between them, which does not stop Devis from trying to jump her bones. She rejects his advances. We see the saboteur, and it is Wolfheart, who accidentally causes an explosion and decompression of the base. Anna and Alexei are trapped in the mess hall with several others. Spring and Kenzie are trapped in a small closet, and Devis and Parr are trapped in Alexei's office. David, Hooper, and Anderson, who steps up in the emergency, must don spacesuits and fix the damage before the people aboard the base die of asphyxiation. Strangely, the service corridors have not lost air pressure, and Wolfhart is injured, but not suffering from lack of air. Trapped and facing death, Spring opens up to Kinsey and explains about how his father was a criminal, and that he brought him to justice. In Alexei's office, after much prompting, Davis and Parr get down to having sex before they die. When the base seals are repair, the only way to get air to the survivors is to use the air in the service corridors and open all the internal doors manually. With everyone breathing again, Spring realizes that Wolfhart must be the saboteur and was in the service corridors. They rescue him. Cracked, he didn't even realize what he was doing. Parr departs, her mission unsuccessful, but leaving Devis with a smile. The end. So, what did you think of other people's secrets? I thought it was a, a passable episode. Um... Not as good as the last one, but uh, it was all right. It had its good parts and its bad parts. I would be interested in hearing what its good parts were. <laughs> well, I thought the depiction of the explosive decompression was good. There was the uh, not often seen cloud of of a water vapor as it makes a, a cloud briefly before it's evacuated. I, th I like that. Um, there wasn't like a prolonged rush of air when somebody's being thrown through a door. Uh, but of course, that could be just budget issues but uh, yeah that part was good i like that bit okay okay anything else oh. um uh, i have some notes um let's see here good things i should highlight those so they're easier to find yeah well i'm just gonna say uh, while you're looking for them that i didn't find much redeemable in this episode i kind of felt it was the worst of the bunch um not like not like actively hating it but when i was done watching it i was I was really not in a good mood. Hmm. It was one of those. I just walked away from this going, wow, this was a, a bunch of nothing. And and frankly, the depiction of the psychiatrist uh -huh. really, really put... I mean, um, what's-her-name was terrible in Moonbase 3, but Dr. Parr... Oh, my goodness. Uh, and And she's supposed to be a criminal psychiatrist? Was it criminal psychiatrist? Apparently. Did they say that? I think so. If that's the case, then she should have her badge removed. You know, forcibly, perhaps. I, she wow. asked so many leading questions to somebody that she's asking information for uh, about uh, that it, it's just like, you've got to be kidding me. She's asking that. I mean, she just, it's a foregone conclusion now. She's, you know, she's, she's tainted the source. Uh, I wow. feel like that the person who wrote this had a real axe to grind against psychiatrists. So, you know, maybe a scientist. Oh, yeah, it was Pal Kinsey. I think she wrote this, uh, this episode. Well, yeah. see, and she's the voice of, 
she's kind of the voice of the author in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, whoever wrote this, uh, yeah, they did not think highly of the psychiatric arts. Because I, I find it difficult to... I, you know, what is an accurate representation of a psychiatrist? Uh, yeah, someone who it's listens hard to and say. tells you what you're, you know, responds to what you're saying. You Not know, somebody who, who listens. Right. I'm exactly. hoping. Um, yeah. And I know we've. Didn't do a lot of that. I know we've had this discussion. Well, either you or and I have had this discussion, or Simon and I have had this discussion, that when you go back, like when we're looking at Doomwatch, Psychiatry and psychology weren't as delineated as they are now because, you know, you go back to the 1970s, psychiatry was still about therapy Mm -hmm. and because there weren't any viable medical treatments. And as we've moved forward... uh, Well, there were medicines, but they were pretty basic. I mean, lithium. yeah, they there were not effective medical treatments in the early seventies. I yeah. I looked this one up, and it's like when we're we're laughing at what they pass as a psychiatrist or what they pass as psychiatry. It's all heavily Freudian uh, analytical stuff, and mm-hmm. you know. So we're looking at a show from the nineteen nineties. This is kind of the beginning of that delineation where you're kind of going towards therapists and medical. Uh, treatments and this yeah, yeah, one can person is neither and the other one can't <laughs> yeah th- th- this person is neither this person is is not trying to help people Mm-mm. this person is trying to break them yeah i mean that's actively literally what they're doing actively actively trying to chink, find their chinks yeah and i i guess i guess that prompts a question so if I go to a psychiatrist or a therapist, uh, we'll call it therapist just for the sake of simplifying this, whatever sure. that therapy type is. When I go to a therapist. They are, for want of a better word, working for me. They're yes. there to help me, right? But if you a company hope. hires a therapist to come in, they're working for the company. And, and what is it that the company wants? To filter out the bad eggs? To you know, they're not there to help the people. They're there to make sure that they don't cause problems. So maybe that's what this is about. It could be. I mean, if if I was some sort of a therapist and stuff like that, and I was hired on by a company, and you know, after getting hired and filling out all the paperwork, my boss or supervisor took me aside and says, "Okay, now we would like you to find certain elements that are being non-productive." I would have to quit. Yeah, you see, you've got this thing called ethics. ethics. Yeah, Yeah. you you don't do that. It's like, okay, actually, you want a private investigator. But but you know, (laughs) and and I know, that there are people who question the motives and question the ethics of professionals, like doctors. And, you know, it's like, oh, they don't want to cure you. They want to keep you sick so they can get more treatment right oh yeah that is is not why people go into medicine i mean some people obviously but but yeah you know by and large that's not why it's just like that's not why people go into civil service right they don't go into it to line their pockets they go or to to fuel the bureaucracy they do it to help people right they they have chosen that to help people and you have to apply that but if you want to be 
a writer and you want to be hip and cool and you want to uh, play to that narrative, this is exactly the kind of person that you would concoct. Oh, Psychiatrists yeah, you... are awful. They're probing. They're they're nosy. They got no business. They're just trying to 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 expose and and yeah. pick at your scabs. And you know, they're he's trying to reinforce a stereotype. Yeah, it's like, oh, what's that? That's lazy writing. Like we've that discussed is... that before. Yes, it is. It's <laughs> extremely lazy writing, and it, that because that is an underpin of this entire episode, then. It makes this episode a big fail. Yeah, for me, I think if uh, I, I think what they probably should have done is, and this wouldn't have happened, just you know, budget and time, is uh, you know, either make it two separate episodes or drop one of the subplots. You know, get rid of the psychologist. Let's concentrate on the guy who's trying to ruin the base. Okay, uh, Let, that would have been much more interesting. I think I think you've got a point. There. And if there was a psychiatrist involved. It would be to find out why he's trying to ruin the base, not now just maybe you're... a part of a little tiny paragraph that was said that explains it all away in the last couple seconds of the episode. You see, now you're 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 you're, you're on the the track that bothers me. The other track <laughs> that bothers me about this, it actually makes sense. Okay, if they brought this person up because they thought they had a saboteur on board. But they don't. Alexi yeah. has brought this person on just for, because I think it's a good idea. And so if if they had hired a therapist to kind of dig a little bit to find out who is mentally disturbed enough to be trying to kill them all, mm -hmm. that would have made sense. And it wait, would wait. have given reason for them to be there. As you say, a private investigator might be the might be the same thing, but they've got the star cops for that. They don't right, need you know, an investigator. But to, Springer to do that, he's, he's good at that bit. But for somebody to come in and try to, you know, just make sure everybody's not Jeffrey Dahmer or something uh, on underneath, at least it would have been a valid excuse for having them there. It would have made more sense if they had had more of a part in catching Wolfheart yeah. of which they had none whatsoever. And indeed, she interviewed Wolfheart and did not pick up on it. Yeah, exactly. And and we now, didn't uh, see her interview Wolfheart as well. Now, Spring did actually mention, I think to Pal, uh, you know, about uh, the reason why to have the everybody psychoanalyzed or interviewed at least uh, is to catch somebody who, you know, wanted to cause an accident, which can be horrible out there. Right. And if... If Alexi had brought this doctor up to actually ferret out possible saboteurs, or if he actually uh, even thought of that was, you know, uh, possibly something they'd consider, he played his cards way too close to his chest. He really yeah. should have, I don't know, talked to the cop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's confidence here. We already know those two people, uh, you know, Alexi and Spring are, you know, they are... They seem to be they're pretty amicable. close. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are both professionals, and uh, yeah, they, I mean, have they respect each other. Exactly, yeah. exactly. They both, each one knows the other one is good at what they do, and they don't question that too much. Um, but yeah, yeah, oh, man, uh, yeah. Now I hate this episode. Thanks. <laughs> ah, you're welcome. <laughs> God, that's what this show is all about. <laughs> Watch it, talk about it, hate it. That's the yeah. hate it. Oh, there's a T-shirt for you. Watch it, talk about it, hate it.
Fusion Patrol. Ooh. Ruining <laughs> TV for you forever. <laughs> Don't tempt me. <laughs> oh, no, that's uh, a dare. That. <clears throat> that's a dare. <laughs> might need some artwork, but uh, we'll, we'll work on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so um, we have... Uh, Let's see. Let's let's talk about the wolf heart mm-hmm. aspect of this. What was uh, he? <laughs> I think they could have why? done more with that character. <laughs> why? Why did he do this? I don't know. That's the that's really annoying me. At the end of the episode, is thinking okay, and for starters, he's doing this because he was despondent about his wife dying. Yeah, and he's not in shackles. He's not in shackles. Was really homicide of everyone. That that is that is uh, definitely um, definitely a big no no for me. It's like, wait, you're out there having a ride with Alexi again, right? Drinking I mean, more this vodka. Is a gentleman, what the heck? This is a gentleman who has exhibited mental instability, and now he's out on a moon buggy in hard vacuum, drinking booze with one other person. Uh that's a bunch of the red flags. Just commander. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like, uh, what? Uh, no, I, yeah. And and the dialogue was like, I don't even know why I did it or something like. Didn't he say something to that effect? Yeah, exactly. Like, or he didn't remember doing it. Or yeah, you know, he doesn't. Like, he doesn't recall doing it. Yeah. Okay, then that's definitely a guy you don't want out on the moon buggy with you in hard vacuum, all by yourself. It's like, who knows when he's gonna forget what he's doing and suddenly do something else? Like. Put a screwdriver in your head. Uh, right, right. Or, you know, pull out one of those nifty little laser gun thingies and pop the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So it, it definitely was very badly, very badly handled. And again, we, <laughs> we, have, we have him loose and we have mm-hmm. Par leaving because her mission was a failure. What was it? How was it a failure? She wasn't there for anything other than to evaluate people, as far as I can tell. And wouldn't she be attached to Wolfheart like a ball and chain at that point? It's like, here's a nut. You're hope. a psychiatrist. Here, fix this. Take <laughs> yeah. him back to Earth. Or... Right, exactly. Exactly. We're going to send this guy, probably not Colin, <laughs> to make sure nothing bad happens to both of you. Yeah. Right. I-, I think that she left because she was embarrassed that her and her ex got together. I, I think there's a possibility of that, yeah. but still. And once again, professionalism, nah. Total optional, apparently, with this person. Man. Oh, okay. No, no, oh, I'm not talking I, uh, about I'm not talking about uh, the sex they had when they thought they were going to die. I'm talking oh, the rest about how she time. handled it after it. Or, or all of the... The discussions they or had the other in advance, yeah. or any discussions that she had uh, with anybody else, none of yeah. them were professional. None of them were exactly, and That's, yeah, and and comical. I mean, there is this whole thing about how she sits Anna down and she's talking to her about so um, you don't like to, you you wanted to protect people, but what if you have to kill people? Well, I choose not to. Well, you just had to kill people. And just just last week you killed somebody. How does that jive? Some people get distracted uh, when these things happen and their their work performance fails. Well, I had to do it to save my partner, Colin Davis. Who? What? Huh? Huh? Yeah, exactly. And suddenly distracted and can't do her job. Right. 
Yeah. It was, it was like a comedy. See, but yeah. Oh, yeah. So what it yeah, tells that's... me is that Davis is attracted to completely incompetent <laughs> women. Is that it? <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, we haven't met his other wives, make... so fair enough. But Poor life choices? I don't know. And is... I hate to even ask this question, but is Colin Davis a poor life choice? Um, geez, I, I think it's uh, somebody that we, you'd have to get used to. I mean, you really want to find out more about the guy before you sit down and like get married to him. It sounds like that she did not, not do that. at That's... all. I mean, she mentioned that he was in the military and then the police. You know, it's like first the military and then the police. It's like, okay, so he's a career uh, cop, I guess you could say. Yeah. And somebody who probably spends a lot of time away. Mm-hmm. And uh, she didn't figure that out, like, when they were dating? Well, she's a psychiatrist, so she's incapable, uh, ethically incapable of analyzing him, because <laughs> that would apparently. be working on a family member uh, or oh, potential family. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, okay. So you have uh-huh. to go blind on those. I, yeah, I, self-preservation I, has entered into that, huh? Mm. And Divas has been, throughout the entire series... He has been an obnoxious, racist, mm-hmm. sexist. The most well-rounded character of them all. <laughs> uh, unpleasant human being. And yet I will say when he came in and Anna said, you know, he was complaining about something and Anna said, oh, is there anything I can do to help? And he goes, how about a game of hide the sausage? I was taken aback by really? that. I thought... Wow, they even went there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Bit brash even for this show. Man. That That is, I mean, the absolute definition of a... Sexist pig? Toxic, toxic masculine attitude. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, in yeah. the workplace. Un- un- it, unbelievable. It, it, and, and sadly, like I said, I, he's <laughs> the most well-rounded character on the damn show. It's just, unfortunately, he's rounded in the way wrong yeah, ways. Exactly. And very, very, unfortunately, stereotypical 1970s. For the uh, 1990s, that's really bad. Yeah. 87, 88, whenever this episode came out. But yeah. He, he reminds me wow. of, and obviously he's came before him, but um, I can't think of his, uh, I can't think of his rank. So we'll just go with Gene Hunt from Life on Mars. And um, ashes to ashes, the absolute stereotype, bully, sexist, unfiltered, seventies, eighties cop show oh, yeah. stereotype, yeah. right? Exactly. I mean that that it's like they were mocking that character. Yes, in in Life on Mars, or they were ma- using it as an extrapolation of all the bad things about but also the wild fun of the old days and the nostalgia of that style of cop. And here it is. <laughs> it's like in yeah. full display. And I'm sure that those characters must have been on, on the bill, a show I've never seen, but they're bound to have been some of them. There have to be. Right, or Z it's, Cars it's, or the other shows that are like that. You know, cop yeah. dramas from the UK. Z, oh, Z yeah. Cars. Z Cars. Z Cars? Sorry. Well, you know, I'm in the US, so I can say Z, not Z. It's, uh, well, the British won't know. We never had a show called Z Cars. Yeah, oh, there you go. Like that, so they wouldn't. <laughs> um, so, I did notice uh, that uh, the was it the, is that the writer column or the director? Yeah, the writer. 
John Colley, he wrote the last two episodes of this. Prior, prior to this? Or he yeah, wrote the... Double Life and Warm Blood. One with the freeze-dried people and the uh, kidnapping of embryos. Well, yeah. neither one of those was bad. So yeah, he's, yeah, he's I guess. bailed out something fierce on yeah. this one. Yeah, I think in my notes I have uh, for the last episode, and it's like, you know, a good cop show. You know, a good detective show. And this one, no. I don't, I've looked through my notes twice. I do not have that written down at all. (laughs) I searched for the word good. Nothing. Couldn't find it. (laughs) Look twice. Different spellings of it. Not there. Nope. G-O-O-D-E. G-O-O-D. Yeah. O-D. You know, nothing. None of it. It's not there. Um, let's see. So we have, uh, Kenzie. Mm -hmm. And. Oh boy. She, you know, nope, nope, nope. Nope, nope, not ta- nope, not talking about no, no, no. Yeah, they no only way. cause harm. I'm not talking to anybody about that. So there is theory. the, there <laughs> is the, and all we get is that she's seen a lot of them mm-hmm. when she was young. Yep. So problem child, um, presumably in and out of probably crime or something, because we be. know she was a crook before she actually got on Springs Force here by by blackmail, yes. and. Once again, you know, we could write off Parr as being a horribly bad psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. as witnessed by her choice in men, as well as her actions on the moon base. But Kenzie, by saying, basically, I've been to a lot of them and they all are bad, is what's telling us this is the writer talking to us. Yeah, I think so. Um. It might be interesting to find out more uh, about the writer and see if that there's any way of determining if there's any truth to that. Hmm. But it just feels like it because it's it's too. It's like oh, you know, some are good, some are bad. Anything, any concession to the fact that the entire profession isn't uh, horrific. I mean that that is. I, I I joked it under my breath earlier, but you know, Scientology, they they they're programmed to hate them like that, and. So it, it it was it was a comical level of of distrust of psychiatrists in this. Yeah. So, um, but there's not really there's nothing to it. There's no growth in it. There's no uh, discovery. There's no. It goes nowhere. It's just and and we never see her talk to the psychiatrist. So there's no resolution to this. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a a major a major failing on the episode. Yeah, I wonder if he was just like phoning in these scripts, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, here's a, here's an idea for a cop show I had. I'm going to put it in space with these characters in it. Not a problem. You know, done. Easy money. I don't know. Yeah, it just, it, it's not, it's not great. So. Not um, that he hasn't, you know, written good stuff. I've looked at his, his uh, Wikipedia entry and yeah, Master and Commander, uh, was it Happy Feet? I haven't seen that, but I understand it's good. <laughs> uh, Happy feet. Uh, really? Penguins, right? Penguins. Yes, penguins. Yeah. Dancing, freaking dancing penguins. Yeah. Oh, my kids watch that so many times. In he Chinese. A, uh, ooh, even better. Uh, <laughs> something to do with uh, he was a, a doctor of some form, practiced medicine or something like that. Yeah. <sighs> oh. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> okay, now it all begins to make Not sense. Not quite sure what type of doctor. Let's see. 
Oh, well, emergency but, medicine. Okay, so remember what yeah. I said when we, when we're talking back going back to the seventies, um, psychiatry was was not well thought of by the medical profession. Oh, good point. Yeah. So if he was raised in that, I, I remember, uh, and I I absolutely agree with this. So don't get me wrong, but I remember there's a there's a British show called oh. Well, Doctor in the House is one of the many variations of it. Oh, yeah. And I remember in the very, very first episode when, um, oh, Mike, can I pull this out? Michael Upton goes to the the, uh, St. Swithins, founded after an outbreak, uh, founded for an outbreak of venereal disease, which occurred right after the discovery of America. Oh, (laughs) I love that show. I really did. Um, (laughs) They they give a a speech. Loftus gives a a speech or an admonition to the student, the incoming students about who you should not associate yourself with. (sighs) And I don't remember if psychiatrist was on the list, but I remember, you know, it's all it's it's quacks, basically. Mm -hmm. And he's and he's listing off and and chiropractors. I was saying chiropractors. And chiropractors. Yeah, I'm sure it ended with chiropractors. And of course, there is a. you know, ample, ample uh, reason to lump chiropractors in that yeah. category. Wind it, but I have a feeling that, you know, again, based on some of the things that we saw in in uh, in Doomwatch as well, there was definitely, you know, there's there's hard science, and then there's you know that crazy talking to people stuff. That's uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. not. That's not. So yeah, I, I could see that. If we can't throw into that. a centrifuge and distill it, we don't trust it. That's right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. 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 Interesting. And I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not going to go so far. I mean, a psychiatrist now has an MD uh, to some degree uh, yeah. in addition to their training. So they they are medical doctors of a sort. So, yeah. I, I do remember Parr saying, other people's secrets are my business. It's like, oh my, really? <laughs> really? Wow. So, yeah, I don't, yeah, she's, Yeah. Yeah, that's very ominous. I mean, keeping other people's secrets is my business. That's not ominous, Mm -hmm. right? That that's one like helping people with their secrets. I I think that would be fine. You and I'm safe, but other people's secrets make it sound like she's trying to dig them out. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe she was bucking for Spring's job. (laughs) You know what? What did she start with on Spring? What What was the first thing she went after him with? Um. I don't rem- I don't recall. You're the guy that put all his cops through a, a test before you let him on the force. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't. You, you think that's the a trusting or something like that? I mean, she's. Oh, that's right. Exactly uh, he, what she's doing, but right, publicly uh, did background checks on on all of his people. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. She was trying vetting. (laughs) Well, no, but it was more than that. It's like (laughs) he tried to have people. He tried to set them up and sting them with bribes and things like that. And 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 that's not that's not kosher. No. Um. So I mean, again, the depiction of policing in Star Cops is not. It's it's Gene Hunt life on Mars. (laughs) I was to say it shares a lot with life on Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Which I is can't ironic. Remember the name this could of be the... called Life on Moon. Well, yeah, yeah. So I, I can't remember the name of the series that uh, Life on Mars really pulled a lot from. Mm. 
Oh, you mean the the the, the style and the, the cop show? The, yeah, the copying, yeah. yeah. I would swear it's got to be the bill, but maybe it is. Uh, anyway, a show I've never seen, but I hear it's famous. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, oh no! Uh, the 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 uh, the British people are shouting at me right now. They're probably the uh, Sweeney. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another show yeah. I haven't seen, but wow, I Michael good. Upton and the Sweeney in one episode. We are on a roll. <laughs> You're done. That's it. <laughs> That's it for the rest for of the you. day. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, so uh, it's about it then, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I I actually don't know what else there is. Well, I guess I, there's I, there's the reveal for um, Spring about why he's a haunted haunted oh. cop. Yeah, but we kind of knew that, right? We we heard about that we, like in what first episode? We didn't. We we heard that his father right. had been arrested. His right. father was a criminal. We did not hear that he was the cop who found and I, arrested his father. I was under the impression that he had a lot to do with it. I, I think I may have tipped that off oh, because okay. I knew that. All right, um, but. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time he's explicitly said, you know, I was a young cop. It was my first big case. I spent right. a lo- way too long looking for the guy, and then I found out it was my dad, and I yeah. arrested him. And It's a very interesting thing to share with uh, Kenzie, though. It, I, it is. I think they thought they were going to die. Well, still. Uh, and to their credit, they didn't have sex, which would have yeah, been wasting was, their air. That's a good thing, yeah. Um, yeah, because I, I kind of have my questions about whether Kinsey is actually interested in that. And I think that has to do with uh, why she doesn't like uh, a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist? Yep. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That would be a fitting stereotype for yep. this type of TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yeah, it would. Um, I, I'm going to, let's go back to Spring and his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, would, would... Any police force in the world oh, yeah. assign a policeman to a case where his father is a principal of the company they're investigating. Um, as soon as it was a possibility that he was a suspect, I would hope that he, the, that Springs, uh, e- even uh, if he's it, not it, a, a it, suspect, um, I would hope that his his uh, oh, damn. I'm, I'm, Lost for the word here, manager, boss, whatever, would pull him from the case, I, I, or at I, least I, ask him to recuse, recuse himself of it. We we only a have conflict of interest. Yeah, we only have one cop that we can assign to this case. And plus, and, if I yeah. was defending his father, that would be like, oh yeah, this is a mistrial right there. Sorry, conflict of interest. He, you know, he's he's uh, he has something in it for his father. Or if I was, you know. Potentially, yes, I right, suppose. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the evidence, but... Um, right, it, it's... Well... It could still be overwhelming enough that you could say, well, it doesn't really matter that he had it in for his dad. We we found the videotape of him actually doing it, mm-hmm. and, you know, That's something possible. of that nature. But, but yeah, no, it, you just wouldn't do it because of this... Of just the smell of yeah. favoritism or um, cover-up or... Vendetta. Plus, it'd be a pretty pissy thing to do to a guy. You know, here, investigate your dad. Well, okay. he, you know, it was clear that he, he did the investigation for a year and he had no clue it was his dad. 
Right. right. So, I mean, if anything, he was incompetent on the case because he was blind yeah, to the maybe fact that's that why his he was father assigned was there. to it. And that's why you don't put somebody like that on a case with where their father works right. at the company. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's right. just. He should recuse himself of it for conflict of interest. Right. But, you know, I guess they don't have that in the UK. Uh, well, are they, like I said, they only have one cop. We've only got the one cop we can assign to this case. You either get this investigated or you don't get this investigated. Yeah, yeah maybe that's it. Or, you know, the computer's going to do it. Or we can send Colin <laughs> Davis if you've got some employees that like to play hide the sausage, because he would be exactly. down there for that. But or need roughing up. Yeah, yeah. Because um, he's he, down for he, that, too. He will take all your minority employees and give them oh, the workover. Because oh, he man. is a... He's a piece of work. <laughs> yes, he is. Oh. <laughs> Man. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Hooper, the... Uh, the oh, yeah, uh, Hooper. Uh, the maintenance guy who's very put upon to fix everything that gets broken for some reason. He apparently went to the... Uh, I called him Mr. Shouty in my notes. Uh, same acting school as uh, Thoreau, I think. <laughs> Engineers. They're both engineers. Yeah, oh, that's it. So all engineers are very upset, yelling people. Got it. They have very little compassion. I got it. All right. Hooper made no sense in this episode. I mean, apart from no, the fact he that he's was... an obnoxious individual and he's pushed to his edge. And yeah, sure, people get testy. But. Yeah, if they were trying to write him in as possibly somebody who is a, a suspect, once again, they did not do a very good job. And he they didn't really be... investigate it. Right, he just seemed to be the the guy who was annoyed that he had to do extra work. He hasn't had relief in, what, 12 weeks or something like that, yeah. or months? I don't know. And the guy, yeah. the guy who then, when they call him in for being unpleasant, threatening his assistant to the police, mm-hmm. and he's talking about it, and I was like, yeah, she's useless, and yeah, they're out of here, and I didn't threaten her, and I didn't anything. And by the way, you should be worried about something else. You get a saboteur on this station, and out the door. Yeah, I'm sorry. You would ask him back in the Snop. room. Stop. Whoa. <laughs> How long have you known about this? What yeah. are, do you know? Why? It's like, oh, but no. But no, none of that. They're just like, huh. Hey, David, he needs an assistant. Yeah. And it wasn't even clear he was there to investigate Hooper, right? It was, they sent him um, in. I thought he was there to go and see if there's anything to the sabotage uh, routine. And it was Hooper who then, or sorry, it was David who then came back and said, I think it's Hooper. Yeah, right. That's true, and, yes. and Spring's like, yeah, you got you no evidence. Proof, Go on. Yeah. Go on. I'm just doing my gut, man. Just, I'm following my gut. You're trying to teach me that. It's like, yeah, exactly. Evidence. Go. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, because I, I would think, I personally think that if I were working hard and I was being irritated at having to work hard and constantly fix things, and I and and let's just arguably say Anderson's not very good at her job, let's just for the sake of argument say she actually is incompetent, which mm-hmm. would which would piss him off even more because yeah. if you, you know how that goes. If you have to work with somebody who who doesn't know what they're doing but they're supposed to, then you end up doing more work, and right. and that's not good. So. We'll give him the benefit for the doubt, but the second you suspected somebody is making more work for you via sabotage, I would be telling the authorities mm-hmm. instantly. It's like, because I, I don't so. want to have to be fixing this. Right. And it's, well, I would hope it's your duty to the people that you work with to report something like this. Also, it could kill you. Like, exactly. When the airlock blows out by mistake. 
Right. 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 Exactly. Or, you know, carbon dioxide is scrubbers are turned off and the alarms are silenced. Yeah. Yeah. So that character, that character was not only was he unpleasant and illogical, very one dimensional and in in need of psychiatric uh, evaluation. Yeah, definitely a vacation. Yeah. But then they and this is so weird about this show. They give him. He has to, you know, save the day. David's working with him. And Anderson comes back and and puts her life on the line, too, basically. Right. To to get out there and try to, or I suppose you could argue that by getting a spacesuit, she's actually prolonging her life. But, but mm-hmm. all right, let's, anyway, she, despite her hatred of Hooper and not getting along with him, it's an emergency situation. She feels she's qualified she gets out there she does the job they work more or less as a team and they Mm -hmm. get the job done and afterwards hooper's still a grade a asshole to her on on the way out it could just be he's an acerbic bastard and doesn't like anybody he he just he's like that in in normal storytelling at that moment he could have thrown her a bone and said oh you did good work there yeah, still hate like you, him. but you did good yeah, work. Still hate you. Yeah, still But he didn't even do that. Yeah, right. exactly. He just he just flat out dismisses her and 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 off he goes. And it's like that yet is another just, loose end. These people are so basically unpleasant. Yeah, uh, lazy writing, like I said before. It it just yeah yeah. Uh, I I uh, I found it amusing that uh, in my notes I have here like a good Russian. Alexei has come to terms with the futility of his life on moon or on the moon. You know, he's he's out there uh, with uh, Wolfheart talking about how all these stars are out there, countless systems and whatnot. And, you know, we haven't even left the room, the moon yet. And he seems to be basically all right with that. Uh, and I thought that was kind of interesting. What are you going to do with it? I mean, yeah, I know. What can you I do? Don't know what I, a, mean, I don't than, know what a know, psychiatrist would make of that, but it's like, I think, you know, I think I've resigned myself to the fact that I am not likely to be an astronaut and leave the Earth exactly. in my lifetime. Yeah, and you just kind of have I, to cope with it. And it's like, okay, cool. You look up at the stars, and and especially if you can get out of the city and the country, and you can look up at the stars, and there are billions and billions of stars mm-hmm. out there, and the unimaginable distances. And it is, in a way, almost crushingly... <laughs> Yes, defeatist, right? But but it is. I mean, that, that is not. Space is big, really space is big, really big. <laughs> and you know, you're just recognizing the reality of it that there are things that you are not going to be able to do, right? And you're not even going to be able to experience vicariously through somebody else. And I I don't know. I mean, is that a thing that people have trouble dealing with? Probably. I think some people do, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I've often I've I've gone out in the middle of nowhere and there's plenty of stars and stuff like that. And you look up and you think, oh yeah, there's a lot of nothing out there and a lot of bright little points. And, and they're I know all I'm on huge. Earth, and I know the galaxy is is monstrously large, unfathomable. And uh, it's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, don't, don't let it bother me. And uh, you know, I don't don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't notice there was no box in this episode. There was no box in this episode. Yeah. Nathan didn't use it at, one, at all. 
Huh. Well, I hadn't uh, I hadn't noticed, but I guess his absence wasn't felt. Right. Because I guess Spring didn't do anything in this episode. Exactly. He didn't do any investigation and stuff. He didn't have to crunch any data. Uh, yep. At best, he was just eh, all right. Go do your go do your psychiatric evaluation. Speaking mm-hmm. of which, how 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 as a management uh, tool is no Kenzie? You're going for your psychiatrist exam, grabbing her and dragging her <laughs> through the corridor uh, like a four year old. Oh wow! I think nowadays he would probably be taken to the uh, HR office and he'd be sitting next some... to Divas in his, with his yeah, you know, sh- signs of shame that somebody would take pictures of them. As I dragged a coworker through the <laughs> corridors, and and Divas is like, I asked to play hide the sausage with a coworker, something um, like that. Yeah, they'd both be in the same uh, you know instructional uh, seminars on on what not to do at the workplace. Time. Yeah, wow. I think we need to have another video training session. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. This time you guys have to stay awake. There will yeah. be a test this time. Exactly. Uh, Going to demonstrate Man. that you actually understood. This is this is bad. Um. Got anything else? Uh, let's see here. No, oh, just one gripe about how they're shooting some of the other uh, shots. You know, uh, Alexia and Wolfhard are are uh, out doing whatever and then all of a sudden you cut to a, the back of a guy's head going around inside one of the service tubes and, and then it's revealed it's Wolfhard and it's like um, a little transition would have been nice oh yeah yeah oh man once again rushed and lazy I'm also thinking that every room that they were in appeared to have blankets and food did you notice that um that was fine that would just be uh, uh, normal or okay. something like that. You'd want to have emergency uh, facilities in every room that's pressure tight. Yeah, you, you would. I, I think you would. I think you would want to have uh, warmth and uh, food and uh, air. Well, air too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that air was the one that's kind of missing. Nice. Uh, it's like uh, air, perhaps, would be a thing. Yeah, yeah. or maybe there was. Well. Um, I mean, under what conditions would you need blankets? Well, that was another thing. Where you didn't need air. (laughs) Right, yeah. I think that when uh, Colin was rooting through the box looking for stuff, Uh, he did pull out something with... Colin was rooting. Uh Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's why I get paid the big bucks. Uh, He held up a mask to his face. Did he? And I... Yeah, I don't know what that was attached to. Maybe it wasn't attached to anything. That was so, that was an N95 mask yeah, left over yeah, from 2020 exactly. from the great shut-in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it could be that that was just kind of there to show that possibly the emergency, uh, uh, the the first aid kits, as you were to say, have been kind of ransacked and not kept up. I guess it's possible. I mean, there was that a was bottle the, of booze in there. That was the base commander's kit though no that would explain the bottle of booze that would explain the booze for sure but <laughs> would it be ransacked would that would be the last one somebody would be stealing stuff from yeah but you know if, if those things like that if you don't go around and actually check them you know they don't get refilled replenished when they're uh expended you know it's like a first aid kit so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say here that do you recall if ever there has been a situation where you knew somebody was going to come in and audit you or check up on you 
And do you not do the procedures you're supposed to do a little extra right beforehand just in case? Oh, yeah, of course. Wolfhart was the safety coordinator there on an inspection. Yeah, you think everybody would be like on, you know, heightened awareness all, of safety. All of the safety <clears throat> kits should have been at 100% yeah. checked at that yeah. point. So <laughs> I'm not saying there weren't real valid problems on the moon base. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think there are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, yeah, this is, this one's, that's, a, that's enough. That's enough <laughs> episode. <laughs> I think, it was much more entertaining to rip it apart than to watch it. Hmm. I guess there are days. There are the days. Yep. <laughs> well, unless you do have anything else in particular you want to rip yeah. apart, John. No, no. Other than um, our discussion has actually lasted longer than the episode was. They usually do. Yeah, I was just say that's yeah, not too common, but I thought that was amusing. All right. Well, uh, John, thank you for joining me. You're very welcome. Uh, Listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at FusionPatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.